You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys. With my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on Twitter, you can find him at Tom Ryle BTB, and of course you can always find the great content at Blogging the Boys and at bloggingtheboys.com. Tom, all eyes on the NFL Combine being held there in Indianapolis as the Cowboys have traveled down there and even made some headlines in in discussion about players that are currently on the roster. Zeke Elliott in discussions, of course, for Stephen Jones and Tony Pollard, although what might be done with that franchise tag, Cowboys will use it, but it might not necessarily be for TP. Uh, Anything stand out from that before we get into our look at the NFL combine and actually why your focus maybe should be elsewhere on the Cowboys roster. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm to be honest, I'm not really looking at the combine. Uh, I think the combine has become a media event for the, uh, the NFL, a marketed product, if you will. Um, it's very, you know, it's kind of interesting to see what Jerry and Stephen Jones say because they do like to go down because they've got all the national media around them now and they like to talk a lot about it. Um, it's kind of, you know, I, I could see them using the franchise tag on a surprise player like Donovan Wilson. I saw that suggestion come up. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out who they would consider, if not Tony yeah. Pollard. Who could they possibly consider with that? That's the best. Yeah. That's the best option I've seen or heard anybody come up with yet. Yeah, he is. I don't think people. I think some people don't realize he's the enforcer for the defense. He's the guy that goes out there and makes people think twice. Uh, about what's happening and how close he is. Uh, He can cause a ball to be mishandled because people hear the footsteps. Uh, Yeah, I I think he's a possibility. Uh, He is a free agent. I think they need to keep him. Mm, I I don't think I've made it a big secret that I would not be heartbroken if they don't keep Tony Pollard and don't keep Ezekiel Elliott and go a different direction, which – may have a suggestion or two about that coming up Uh, because, uh, you know, I don't really know what some of the stuff means at the combine. I'm not smart enough to be able to take, you know, 
wide receiver 14 and wide receiver 23 and look at their numbers and tell you who's really the best or if that's valid. I kind of put the measurables. uh, I think the measurables are important to the staff. I think the drills at the combine are less important to the team staffs. The interviews may be more important than both of them, but all should take a backseat to what does the the video, the film say about these players in college. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that I'm not that excited. I used to get really pumped about the combine, but lately it it's kind of lost its luster for me. And that led me to thinking. Well, the Cowboys have holes. They've got like 55, 56 guys already under contract. Yes, they're going to have to get up to the 90-man preseason roster and then whittle down to the 53-man limit. But, I, you know, what What about these guys? Uh, you know, we know they've got the stars. We know they've got Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, we know they've got C.D. Lamb. We know they've got Michael Parsons. We know they've got Demarcus Lawrence. They've got some good talent. Um, you know, and, and I'm sorry if I, you know, there's others. There's Zach Martin. A lot of guys. Very important. Of course. There's a bunch of other guys that are not being talked about. And there's always players that turn up during the offseason and then in through the training camp and preseason days and wind up making the team and sometimes contributing more than anybody expected. And I got to thinking about that. Who do they have? And uh, I, I started looking at it and just looking at offense, I came up with seven names that I think may have an important role. There's three of them that are wide receivers. One of them, that's a running back and then three offensive linemen. Uh, and I just think it's kind of, kind of worth thinking about these guys and watching for what's going to happen. And it should be noted that those two of those three positions, wide receiver and offensive linemen, these are positions in the NFL that do sometimes take a little bit of seasoning for guys to, find their stride and take the next step for offensive linemen. In some cases that can just be beefing up and adjusting to the size in the NFL or the speed in the NFL. And for wide receivers, that could be understanding of the playbook, the route tree, the, you know, well, hopefully it's not something as basic as the route tree, but the nuances of the, uh, of the position and, and perhaps what the NFL is asking versus what they were asked to do in college. So yeah. I think, you know, obviously I'm interested to hear the running back name, but maybe I could guess, but the offensive lineman and the wide receiver specifically could have a huge role to play this upcoming year, because those are two of the positions that the Cowboys have the biggest needs. Yeah. And wide receiver might be interesting because I think they really would like to come up with a couple more internally. Um, I don't think they want to spend for a free agent as much as some of us feel like they should. And they never do. Yeah. Yeah. And they may well try the whole CD Lamb plus a committee approach with, with kind of the expectation that Michael Gallup 
is going to be giving them more than he did last year as he gets further away from his injury. They would love to see some guys that would emerge, and so they might be looking at at who they might want to set up. Because when I'm talking about these names, I'm talking these are guys that we're probably might want to watch right up to the last cut and see who's still on the team and where they stack up on the depth chart at that point. Um, and the first one is kind of a, a cheat because he's going to be there. It's just he wants an expanded role. He's come out on social media. That's Cavante Turpin. He showed that he was a very dangerous return man. Uh, he never did break one uh, during the regular season, but he had some long returns. Uh, I think he was second or third total in return yards. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go back and look at that. But he wants to be considered as a wide receiver. They need to consider all the options, uh, even if they do go out and get people, uh, they need to be looking at everything they've got to to, to try at wide receiver because they've, they've got to make sure they come up with an answer. And nothing is guaranteed. Uh, free agent, there's no guarantee. Draft pick, there's no guarantee. So you keep coming and looking at things. Now, what's Turpin got working against him? He's a shrimp. I mean, I don't want to. I'm sorry, sorry, Mr. Turpin. <laughs> he, he's he's not a very big guy. He's listed at five nine and 153 pounds, and there are media people who say like somebody had their foot on the scale, and, and somebody was kind of kind of stretching him up a little bit. That those may actually be a little bit more than would be real. If somebody outside the Cowboys was uh, doing the measurements. Yep, couple of rocks in his socks and uh, yeah, high-platform shoes. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys don't like little jitterbug-type uh, wide receivers. They they want the tall guys. They want the guys with length is the word they like to use. But, man, Turpin is fast. And he seems to have good vision out there once he gets the ball in his hand. Maybe give him a shot, do something different. And remember, Mike McCarthy is now going to be calling the plays. Brian Schottenheimer is going to be the offensive coordinator slash game planner, schemer, playbook developer, however you want to look at it. They may have a different take on things than the Cowboys traditionally have. Uh, you know, I don't know that they're totally on board with this whole we got to have these long receivers, big, strong guys and stuff. And I, I would love to say, I think Turpin can give you a couple of things. One, just three or four times a game, send him straight down the field. Uh, you know, do what they call an eight route, I think, and just have him try to outrun everybody towards the end zone. And maybe if Dak looks up and sees he's got a little bit of a step, throw it up there. Uh, it only takes completing like one of those uh, every now and then. You know, like say if you completed that play two or three times a season. Yeah. 
every team would have to defend against it every time Turpin was lined up out there. That's kind of how it works. You show you can do it once, and all of a sudden, now everybody's got to worry about it. Um, I also wonder if they couldn't find a way to let him kind of get lost going across the middle of the field. A little guy like that, sometimes the defenders have have a little bit of trouble tracking it because he's literally below their line of sight. And uh, they might be able to get a little work uh, work out of him there. Um, so I kind of would like to see them really think about dialing him up a little bit. They did try to use him sometimes, but it was almost always on a jet sweep. And here it was kind of the opposite thing. Yeah, the teams that saw that, they saw Turpin trotting out there and they're all going like, look out for the jet sweep, look out for the jet sweep. So they need to come up with something else to do with him so that he is not a tell for the team. But, you know, he's going to the... be on there at your kick returner. So let's try to use him somewhere else. And that's for that reason right there. That's why I love that name being first on the list because this is a surefire name to, like, have on your radar. He's going to make the team. He's coming off a Pro Bowl season as a return man. And – if you know he's going to be on the roster anyway for that purpose, you might as well try to find a way to get him involved. Uh, perhaps they play off of this jet sweep that they he was used so much for and maybe use that stop-and-go route that was used a couple of times in the playoffs by the Kansas City Chiefs when they were scoring touchdowns, right? They, uh, they sent a guy on a crosser. The Eagles shifted their entire defense to account for what they thought was going to be a jet sweep. And then the guy came and shot back the other way and was wide open for a touchdown. I'm not saying Kevontae Turpin is necessarily going to be in that position, but why not give him a shot? Uh, who knows what type of slot receiver he will be. The Cowboys not really even in, in love with guys. They just play the slot, right? Uh, the days of maybe a Cole Beasley being here and thriving in that role are probably over, but there's still a use for a guy like Turpin. And since you know he's going to be here anyway, you know he's going to be here for all the return game items, then find a way to at least get him involved in the offense. That's a great name to start with because uh, he will have his day in the sun um, at some point leading up to the regular season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, since you were talking earlier, you know, Turpin also 
he kind of fits in that whole thing about, hey, this was, wasn't just his first year in the NFL. It was his first year on the field in like four years because of the off-field problems he had that led to him not getting drafted. And he had to kind of prove himself by going into the uh, USFL or XFL, whichever one. AFL, one of those. Yeah, one of them things. Uh, He's just getting his whole football vibe back. So there may be a little more acceptance of him in the mix after he has that year under his belt. The next guy is interesting because it's a, a semi Fajoko who is the prototypical Cowboys wide receiver. He's 6'3", he's 220, big, strong guy. Um, and he's entering his third season, which is significant because a lot of NFL wide receivers, that's the year they hit their stride. That's the year it starts to click. Now, Fajoko hasn't done much yet, but it, it's really likely that the whole competition for everybody after Lamb and Gallup is going to be wide open this year. And, you know, he's got a chance to, to break out. And, and you have to remember, he's a former fifth-round pick. Cowboys value those. They don't like to see them just – get cut. They don't like to do that. They want to give them a chance. So, you know, he's certainly going to have an opportunity, I believe. And, you know, it's his to seize this year. Everybody behind C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, as you said, has a chance to be in that mix. Um, Obviously, their draft pick from this year, Jalen Tolbert, should be in that discussion as well. You know, if they hate to give up on a Fifth round pick, well, shoot, two rounds earlier than that, you'd hate to give up on that still. Uh, but Semi Fajoko seems like he has as much of an inroad as anybody else would, and at least he has the size that you can't coach, right? That can't really be learned in the NFL mm-hmm. by the other guys. So I-, I do think that's another good name to keep an eye on. I don't think he's one that's going to get cut. Um I think, as you stated, another example of a guy who will be here right up until they make their final decisions um, before the regular season begins and has a chance to build on something. Yeah, uh, and we I hate to admit it because this applies to the next guy on the list too. Somebody's going to get a chance because somebody else gets hurt. Uh, that and you know, knock on wood, maybe Ugh. it won't happen this year. But uh, wide receivers, the reason they bring a ton of them into camp because, first off, you need to have five or six on the roster, so you need a bunch to, to pull from, and they get hurt a lot. Uh, and so you know, that may be the route for uh, for Fajoko or somebody to step up, uh, or he might get dinged up and open the door for somebody else. And I'll be honest, the last name was kind of a coin flip because I could also, uh, you know, have uh, have have brought up Dennis Houston here. I just kind of think Ooh. that Houston had his shot 
and probably is, uh, you know, he fooled us. and He, he ain't going to get fooled again. Pick your star uh, from the 2020 <laughs> training camp campaign. 2022, rather. Yeah, he was. And just then he, uh, he kind of had one start, I think, by default or something. And then, mm-hmm. poof, it was gone. The other guy th- that I did go with is Dontario Drummond, um, who I believe uh, was. I got. I suddenly thought, you know, this is one of those things I was looking at while I was writing this, and now all of a sudden it's gone blank for me. Uh, but I think uh, Drummond had a little injury problem last year. Which I'm double checking. Yeah. He was signed by the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent out of Ole Miss. He's six one. And yeah. he is a player that they could potentially lean on this season, at least again, coming from that conversation about size. But anyway, he wound up on the uh the practice squad. And yeah, he's he's kind of he, he's not as tall. As Fajoko, but he weighs the same according to the the team side. So, you know, he he might be durable out there going across the middle. Uh, Lord knows, you look at the convi- co- uh, collision some of those guys take, and you need some toughness. So that that would be one. So I kind of look at those as three guys that are probably going to be in the mix. Uh, There'll be a draftee that they'll the team will probably sign a bunch of undrafted free agents again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think so, the way you can kind of settle it, right? Those those three names, CD, Gallup, and then probably hopefully one name wide receiver, and potentially I say two to three also rans names you might have heard of or not and and a draft pick that probably leaves you with about like nine or ten going into camp yeah and i will say this when they're out looking at the free agent market remember they're not looking at wide receiver one they may not really be looking at wide receiver two they're looking for a wide receiver three that's what they're hoping for so that's Going to maybe be more a second, third wave of free agency just because that's the kind of talent they really are looking for. They think they know they've got their wide receiver one in Lamb. They think they've got it, their two in Gallup. So we need to look at what they're going on. Well, the other place they could go, the other position they could go before we move forward is, you know, maybe they look to the tight end position. This draft is thought of as one that could kind of replenish the talent scarcity that's existed at that position. And if you have a good one, that's the best mismatch in the NFL, in my opinion, is where you can get guys that are just unstoppable. Yeah. And the flip side is that this is kind of seen as a lackluster wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to be a little more creative, maybe. Mm -hmm. But That's why some of these bigger guys may, again, have some inroads that are already built in to the system, in addition to the fact that they've been around for a few years to learn the Cowboys offense. So good couple of names from the wide receiver group. Let's – 
transition before uh, we go to the big ones in the offensive linemen. You mentioned a running back. Uh, yes. Malik Davis, I think, could be anywhere from running back three again this year. So he could be starting as technically the running back one. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple different ways that could happen for him to wind up as the starter on the first game. Um, what is it? Okay, they, they bring Pollard back, franchise tagging, work out a deal, whatever. But they still want to kind of protect him a little bit on first and second downs. And then, you know, Davis becomes the starter in name. As in, he lines up on the first defensive snap of the game and is listed as the starter. Um, but I, like, like I said, I, I see it as conceivable uh, that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard uh, are gone because of cap considerations. Uh, they, they cut ties with Elliott to, to get money back. And they don't want to invest the uh, the franchise tag cap dollars in him. And then you're looking at Davis as your experienced running back. And they go out and they're probably, you know, they're going to probably draft someone. I'm, I'm not wild about drafting someone in the first round. You know oh, that there's a not. lot of people that would love to see one player in particular taken at 26, who we will leave unmentioned at this point. Let's just pray he's not there. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else takes it. Uh, and, you know, we uh, if one day if we, we might have to devote an entire segment just to explaining why we feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll, have, see- we'll have uh, Mr. Riske on to explain yeah. draft value and the surplus oh. value that exists. Yeah, we ought to plan that ahead, and specifically because of what the Cowboys are facing this year. Oh, I absolutely plan on reaching out to Timo again, and uh, hopefully there from Germany, uh, he can join us. Do you remember yeah. his home? Uh, I'll need to get in touch with him on that but uh yeah he's a good one from pff our buddy timo he he was he was fantastic but malik davis is i think it's conceivable as well um perhaps less so than you may just because i don't think the joneses will be able to help themselves in paying one of these guys right they just can't resist it but if they could if we lived in a world where we could believe the decisions that were made by our football team were based solely on the value they brought to the football team on the field, then yes, Malik Davis could and should be in that discussion, Tom, because he's young. He's got no tread on the tires. He absolutely is familiar enough with the offense to be able to execute it. I would hope. And he's extremely cheap at a position where, If you bring somebody in else from the draft, that'll also be extremely cheap. Between those two guys, you can fill the void. Uh, Wish I believed that our football team was capable of that, but I digress even still because that's another good name to keep an eye on and one that I think will be involved in the conversation as we get 
to the regular season. So, on to the big guys. The big holes that the Cowboys may potentially have along the offensive line and maybe the answers that they already have sitting there on their roster. And I think think we've got some indications uh, looking back that they have been looking at some of this. Uh, The one obvious hole they've got is Connor McGovern is set to enter free agency. Uh, With all the other things they've got going on, I don't know that they're really wild about paying him starting guard money. Uh, You know, they, they do have a lot tied up things that could change going forward, but I think they would rather not uh, have to bring McGovern back at the cost that I think it would take to keep him out of the hands of other teams. Uh, I also think they wouldn't like to use the franchise tag on him, although that could be a, a, a desperate fallback position. But I think they would really like for Matt Farniak to step up and be the starting left guard. He has certainly shown some ability. Uh, He's been a pretty solid backup, both at guard and center. Uh, And he, you know, he's, he's got a little experience now. Uh, So, I do think that there's some potential for him. Uh, and you'd love to have and, a guy and, that can fill two positions, potentially. As yeah, well. although I'll, I'll just tell you, I think they should do something else. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about it in a second. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I think he would be a, a, a preferred way to take care of this problem. Uh because really, uh, they're likely to have veterans at all of the, the other four positions, experienced starters, multi-yield starters. And, uh, you know, Farniak is now entering his third season. Uh, again, that seasoning thing, that learning curve that you've talked about could be coming into play with him. And I think he's already built up a little trust with the team. Now, you did mention that he has been the backup center. And I think you need a good experience backup center. If Farniak is going to be your starting guard, do you really want him to be backing up your center so they have to do the old double move thing going in? No. That's why I think a guy that I feel is a lot more likely to make this team than people realize is Alec Lindstrom. Um came as a, as an undrafted free agent. I just I think they're really going to be drilling him and working with him. Uh, and I, I I happen to think that the offensive line and particularly the center, uh, a lot of it has to do with learning, not with coming in with this massive raw talent. You learn techniques, you learn the job, you learn the assignments. Um uh, now, a backup might need a little help with making the line calls. Uh, but, I mean, you've got Zach Martin. I think he probably has a knows a thing or two about 
how to do that and could help out a, a young guy that was trying to figure it out. Um, so I, I think I think Lindstrom may have a lot better shot than people realize uh, and could be very important. We hope he doesn't, you know, because his his role would probably be driven by health. So you don't want to you don't want that to happen, but still keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And Out then of we Boston get to- College, he was a uh, three year starter there. So I mean, it, it's he's a guy that absolutely could be in that conversation as they're looking for backup offensive linemen. They need to find some guys that they have some faith in, and he's a guy that could have built up some credibility being on the team this past year. And ultimately a lot of these guys, right. We're comparing them to as everybody's looking right now towards the NFL draft and the NFL combine. There's going to be a lot of guys that get drafted or get picked up by teams that are gone very quickly that are out of the picture extremely quickly. And the guys that are already here, right. It's, it's easy to, to find them lost in the shuffle until we turn around and say, Oh, Hey, look who made the roster again. Yeah. And speaking of look who hung around again, mm. uh, this is this guy's a fan favorite. Can he break through? Can he break through? That's a good question. Uh, but it's offensive tackle Isaac Alicon. I have to say, well, why did they sign him to another futures reserve contract? And the only answer I can come up with is somebody likes this guy. I mean, this is going to be his fourth year with the team. He's been with the team since 2020, uh, mostly in and out of the practice squad. I mean, he's a he, he's got three years of NFL experience, and he's made a grand total of like three hundred twenty-four thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, it's like. He's he's making a living. He's not starving to death, but he's not exactly breaking the bank. You know, he's a big guy. He's 6'7", 320. And he came through the International Player Pathway Program back in 2020. Uh, he's a product of Mexico, which that is kind of the definition of raw. He didn't play at a level like uh, the NCAA in in the United States. He's literally had to learn so much about the game. Um, And the Cowboys might really have a need for him because they have some injury history with the players they might need to depend on at offensive tackle. Terrence Steele is coming off of an injury, and we don't know how well he's recovered. It's a torn ACL. We hope he's going to be ready to go at the start of the season. If not, then they might have to hope Tyron Smith doesn't just retire and take it out of their hands. But Tyron Smith has got an injury history. Um. Jason Peters has become uh, – he is becoming a free agent this year. Uh, and they do have an advantage with him because the, the rumor is that Jason Peters, if he comes back, 
he's only coming back to Dallas because he's, you know, he grew up uh, in, in Northeast Texas. Uh, and this is just home to him. And it's the only place he's willing to play anymore. But that's just not a lot of people that you can rely on. They are likely to be in the market for a swing tackle. Josh Ball going to do it? Is Matt Lesko going to do it? I think they're hoping that Alarcon might finally break through and show them something. Uh, I just, to him, it's just the fact that you keep having to ask, keep having to ask yourself, why? Why does his name show up every year on the 90 man roster? Why does he spend time in the practice squad? You know, uh, I mean, I would love to see him get a nice big slice of cake. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then I need to, I need to just poke a hole in that for one second, because as you know, I am a, a cynic quite a bit. One might argue that the reason he's kept around is because he did come through the international player pathway program. So it puts a spotlight on that, which is beneficial to the league and ultimately beneficial to Jerry Jones and the ownership. But number two, he probably sells a lot of jerseys and unites Jerry and the Cowboys to the predominantly Mexican-American fan base that supports the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah. sorry, not the predominantly fan base, right? The, but I would say the, the, predomin the, the, the predominantly Mexican-American support the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys is the most popular NFL team uh, in Mexico. That's yeah. that's without out of doubt. Uh, very popular among uh, Me Mexican Americans here. Uh, so that's that's just me being you know, cynical, right? Even still, uh, I would love to and, see it and, because he's six he seven in three twenty. And I, I have to check the rules. Uh, you know, he also was like a freebie on the roster because he was that international pathways guy. I just don't know if that's still true. Hmm. It may be up. So anyway. Well, that's a great list, Tom. That is a great list of guys that, hey, you've already heard a little bit about. You don't have to go digging into film about a fifth-round guy who the Cowboys may or may not take. Nothing against the guys who do that, but that's not Tom and I's bag. We don't have the time to do that. Not going to do that. I'll wait until they make the picks. I'll let you know what I think about them and uh, what research I've done on them at that time so we don't waste yours. So, hope you guys had a great one. Thanks for staying riled up on the Cowboys. We will see you next Thursday. <laughs>